Hey there, everyone. Thanks very much for tuning in to the second edition of The Power Jenkins. I am Steve, and I am your host as we uh, talk about all things related to our Fantasy Football League and our members. Now, moving forward, we're going to hope to put this show up every Tuesday. However, we had a few technical difficulties this week, which put us behind the eight ball. However, I think the things that caused those are going to take care of themselves. So that'll be the plan moving forward. I also want to start out by talking about some of the feedback we got from the first show. I was really, uh, I don't know, it was really cool to hear all the nice things uh, people said about Alex. I also thought he did a fantastic job on the show. And one of the things that won't make sense unless you know him is how quiet he normally is unless you get a chance to know him. It was really exciting to see him come out of the shell and to be his funny, engaging self. So I was appreciative that you guys got to see something that I see pretty often. It's like I got to expose the world to a pretty cool secret. Now, unfortunately, Alex isn't going to be here for this edition. He's got some things pulling him in another direction this time, but hopefully he will be here next time. But as I say that, I will modify that. Um, Part of our interview today, let's go back to that, part of our podcast today is going to be an interview with Cam. So I'm going to talk to you guys for a little bit. We're going to splice in the interview with Cam, and then we're going to bust out to our Jenkins for this week. Be a good opportunity for Cam to defend himself from, from really the mean and nefarious things that Alex said about his team. Kind of thought it crossed some lines, but I've got to give Alex rope to shine. He's that good. I was also um, not expecting Chubby Thunder to get over like it did. It was not a planned bit. It just happened organically. The backstory, and I touched on this briefly last week, is during the 2016 draft, I took Eddie Lacy in like the fifth round. And that is not a fun experience to own Eddie Lacy. And I was watching his first or second game of the year, and he just wasn't doing much. And he got the ball. There looked like a hole. I got really excited, and I said, like, come on, Chubby Thunder, go, go, go. And my my 15-year-old, now 16, was quite entertained by this. So I just remember using that name to describe Eddie Lacy for the rest of the year, and uh, it just caught fire. In fact, the goal was to make that the Twitter handle for this show. Uh, Chubby Thunder. However, we ran into a little bit of a bro. <laughs> I will learn words, I promise. Ran into a little bit of a bro. Try this one last time. Ran into a little bit of a roadblock. Went to claim the name Chubby Thunder, and it was taken. Clearly, I went to see who had the nickname Chubby Thunder, and it was somebody with no face just kind of the generic image with zero followers following one person, Daniel Tosh. And I have nothing against Daniel Tosh, but it seems pretty lame that I can't have my handle so some idiot can follow one person. So Chubby Thunder, if you are out there and want to negotiate some sort of trade for that handle, I would appreciate it. But if we don't get there, that's okay too. You can reach the show at ChubbyThunder13 if you go on Twitter and get caught up to speed on what's going on and ask any questions you have about the show. One last thing I want to talk about before I bring on our interview with Cam is something I'm not excited about. In fact, if there's an opposite of excited, it's this. We got an explicit rating from iTunes, and I worked really hard to keep this a clean show. (sighs) So, 
After pouting for a little bit, I went back and kind of listened to the show to figure out what would have possibly got our wholesome, clean-cut show an explicit rating. And I have figured out three things which I think did the trick. One, we made some comments about the Norm McDonald show and some of the things they talk about over there. So we, won't, we aren't going to be doing that anymore. Not just talking about the content of that show. It's gone. No more Norm McDonald. And I'm sorry about that because I have found you quite funny in the past, but I will not have you sully up my good show. So good day to you, sir. Next, there was a reference to one person being another person's jail friend. So maybe that did it too. So here's what we're going to do moving forward. If for whatever reason we need to reference the place that people go when they've committed a crime and a judge and or jury has found them guilty of this crime and they need to serve a sentence, that is now going to be called the frat house. Lastly, I blame Jason. He decided to have a vulgar name as his team name, and I think that might also have flagged me. So regardless of what Jason does this year with his team name, on this show, where it matters, he is going to be called Aunt B's Custard and Pie Emporium. So everybody, make note of that. Norm MacDonald, gone. We now refer to the naughty place where you go to jail as the frat house. And lastly, I will now be referring to Jason's team as Aunt B's Pie and Custard Emporium. All right, I think that those are the pieces I wanted to get out to you guys right now. And I'm going to dial out from this session to bring on the conversation that we had with Cam, where Alex really grills him about his atrocious drafting and the results of that. So I hope you enjoy the interview as much as we enjoyed getting to hang out and talk to each other. So one, bear with me. I have not ever tried to splice a show together like this before, so it's going to be an adventure for all of us. Hopefully it goes well, and I see you all on the other side. I am here with my dear, close, personal friend, Cameron. Some would call us lovers. They wouldn't be wrong, but they might. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, Cam, you have agreed to be our guest today. I have. And before we get into some of the feels you have about the things that Alex and I said about your team, let's just go. Uh, no, no, <clears throat> no, no. I, what, I recall saying that I liked your team. I think a couple times. So yeah. I maybe made different yeah. decisions, but I liked his team. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What did Stephen say? What do you think he said? Uh, he either called it a, a dumpster fire. He called it a travesty of a pick for my number one pick. Choking under pressure. Choking under pressure. You just got a magazine the night before. Well, I that I have actually told him I've done that before. Oh well, you know. <laughs> now. Sounds like you might disagree with what I said, but before we get into that and I point out why you really screwed the pooch and set your team up for a nice little 5-8 and eight season, let's acknowledge the good. The resume of Cam. You have been with us all 11 years in the draft of our league. You have the second highest winning percentage in mm -hmm. that 11 years. And you are... The literal difference between you and the number one team is you have a tie and that team has a win. So through 11 years, you are basically half a win away from being number one. You are a four-time division champion. For those who don't know, we are in two separate five-man divisions. So you would think in 11 years, each team would have about two division titles, and you have four. Mm -hmm. And you are our current defending 2016 fantasy football champion here in the CWDB. So thank you for taking some time to join us today. Anytime. Anytime. So it sounds like you want to defend the life choices you made Friends are done. when it came to draft day. So we're going to just take a quick minute, set the table on what you were looking at with that second pick in the draft, and then uh, the floor will be yours. 
Okay. So you were the second person who had to declare a keeper. Yes, I was. The safe you kept Andrew Luck, and my question is that is it safe to assume had it not been Andrew Luck, the only other viable option was Jordy Nelson? Yes. My original plan, if if you remember, we had, we talked. I don't remember when it was, but we had talked that I was looking at keeping Jordy Nelson. And the question was posed, why wouldn't I keep Andrew Luck? Um, he was a top five quarterback or whatever uh, before he got injured um, and things like that. So I did not have a great year with him, I felt. Um, I played Phillip Rivers a lot last year. Um, but, yeah, I was teetering between Jordy and um, Andrew Luck, and I felt that you were going to – uh, end up with Aaron Rodgers, so I decided to go with my quarterback and keep Andrew Luck. Much mm -hmm. to my chagrin. Obviously, a decision that is feeling worse now that we know the extent of Andrew Luck's shoulder injury. But to be fair, I don't think anybody was nearly sounding the alarm like they are right now. No, in fact, in I remember looking at this going into the week of draft day, um, and they projected that he would be ready week one. So. so keeping Andrew Luck makes sense. I think that's a guy who can be elite. Mm -hmm. um, you were banking on the fact that I was going to go Aaron Rodgers with the first pick, and then you would be set up to look really good with an elite quarterback in Luck and an elite, you know, second, uh, an elite, I'm sorry, running back in Le'Veon Bell. There's yes. no, no hesitation. Yeah, because that was my original my original plan, yeah, was to take on whoever dad didn't keep Yep. between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. Did you have inside information that it was going to be Le'Veon Bell up for grabs? No, I honestly thought that it was going – I knew he was hemming and hawing between the two. Okay. I mean, it's like choi choosing between, you know, a really good steak and a, another really good steak. It's like Sophie's choice, mm -hmm. but harder. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> But um, I knew he, the fact that he had not reported to camp was really weighing on Dad's mind with Le'Veon. Um, however, Dad likes his Spartans, and he and I figured he was going to keep Le'Veon because I mean, he was going to play regardless. But um, no. So no inside information. Keeping Andrew Luck feeling pretty good. You're going to come back with Le'Veon Bell. However, things go. A little bit differently, I wind up taking Le'Veon Bell the first pick in the draft. And you take a dump on the rest of my season. Yeah. So I'm going to give you – you have heard what I have said and what mm -hmm. Alex has said about that second pick. I think LaShawn McCoy was not the way to go, but go ahead and uh, talk through why you made the choice. Well, um, I ended up having to make the choice between either taking – on my rankings, the number three overall running back or a top flight wide receiver. Based, looking at the draft board and looking at wide receivers that had been taken, I figured that running backs were going to be taken. By the time it got back to me for my next pick, I wasn't going to have a very good running back to choose from. Um, so I decided to pull the trigger on LaShawn McCoy. Um, he, like I said, he was number three in my in my rankings sheet that I had on my phone. Um, I had used a service that I had been uh, looking at that plugged in all of our team scoring, and he ranked him the number three uh, overall, the bottom of the tier one running backs. So you're saying your talk of my research is picking up a magazine the night before might not have been the most honest thing you've ever said? I am a man of very little hyperbole, Steve. I don't over-exaggerate anything. <laughs> This is uh, a lot of things I'd like to say about that, but when you're the defending champ, you uh, you have a cachet. I do. So for you, you're right. It's kind of the thing that sucks about being at the uh, the turns. You were either going to have to get a top flight wide receiver and really bottom of the barrel at the running back, or you're going to have to go the opposite direction. This felt right. like the less terrible option. Right. And, and based on my draft philosophy, I look for my running backs to be someone – um, who will catch the ball a lot. Um, I think that goes with anyone in our league. Um, and I, I don't think there are very many running backs who are, A, going to start and be the undisputed starter without sharing a lot of time 
um, that catch a lot of balls. Um, LaShawn McCoy is literally the only offense on that Buffalo team now. Um, they had just made the trade to get rid of Sammy Watkins, um, but he's really – He's really the only person there now that could backfire on me, um, where the where they just load up the box and throw everyone at him um, on defense. So we'll see how it is. But uh, he was actually projected to outperform last year, um, and and I was okay with it. I'm not. It's not my happiest moment. I I'm not thrilled with the pick, but he's the best option, like you said, coming back. Okay, so I'm going to comment in a question, then I'm going to give you the final word on this topic before we move along. Um, knowing what you know now, hindsight being 2020, I get it. Would you like the setup of your team now? What do you like better, the setup of your team now or some world where you had done maybe something you're not fond of? You kept Jordy Nelson and you draft whoever you view to be the top receiver at the time. So Jordy Nelson, ODB, and however else you think the team would have been drafted. Well, I think if I had kept Jordy Nelson, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. That does actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. That does defeat. Oh, actually, no, because had you had you kept Jordy Nelson, that was the question. I was going to take Aaron Rodgers. Had I? Oh, really? Yep. So your whole plan was just, so to, just to, to destroy Cameron's draft. Well, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a big half-point compliment. Because he won the championship someone, one time. Someone said they wanted Deshaun Jackson, my team. Gordy won two years ago. Did you try to destroy him last year? That was not worth my time. Oh, okay. I see. I see. All right. Well, congratulations, Cameron. That's a compliment. Oh, I have an arch nemesis. Oh, that's good. I've won one championship. <laughs> but yet you're the one he has to look out for. So That's true. A second best record in 11 years. Half a game. A, Although, does that include last season? Because my, my team last season was not the best. Yes, because after 10 years, you were number one, and you went dropped to number two this year after that. Oh, okay. Crap. I'll take the championship, though. Right. So I'm going to give you the last word on this topic. So I'm going to get yeah. my piece in first. Um, things I wouldn't have said, I don't think I had acknowledged last week on the show. I think the reason I don't like what you did is because I think you had other options. Um, one... I would have gone through the contingencies and look, we're going to make the jokes now and we'll make them in the future. I don't have a life. I will only argue that my kids and wife are first, then fantasy football. But yeah, those I, are the things. I would even argue that it, that's in the reverse order. Um, well, we're going to respectfully disagree there. Uh, point being, I agree. I have uh, far more interest in this than you guys do. And I thought about it. But what I did think about was to prepare for the scenario, I pick up the phone and I text Matt or Alex and say, Hey, in the off chance, that this does not go the way I think it is, and Steve drafts Le'Veon Bell. I clearly am not going to sit quarterback, quarterback. Why don't we make a swap? I'm going to come back to five or six. You get my two pick, and then I will come get a pick from you in the fourth or fifth round as a trade-off. And then you're still getting the same guy, and you get an extra fifth-round pick. You're operating under two assumptions. One that matter Alex. Gonna, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, just because I'm gonna, I promise to give you the last verse, I'm going to make my other comment real okay. quick, and then you can respond to the whole thing. Okay. Um, and I just, I hear what you're saying about LaShawn McCoy, and I think you've got a nuanced view here about what the potential concerns are. I'm also going to remember that he was running back number two last year, I believe, but he was running back uh, 12 and 15 the previous two years. So it's not like this is Le'Veon Bell with the pedigree of excellence. So those were my concerns with the pick, and I'm going to let you take it now right okay so in terms of the contingency plans and i'm using my air quotes here he did in fact use air quotes um yeah it would have been well and good to maybe dial up one of the other uh players in our league and see if they wanted to make a trade but when was the last time someone not named steve janky tried to make a trade a period and b on draft day uh, just to answer your question, the last actual trade in our league was 2015 yeah. between Kelly and your dad. Yeah. And the last time a trade was discussed was that wasn't me. It was about six years ago. Yeah. So draft day trades are going to be very few and far between. I don't think people want to really 
alter up what they want to do too much in our league. Um, again, I don't know if that's for lack of caring, lack of preparedness on their side or what, but a trade never even entered my mind, to be honest. And I don't think it would have entered in anyone else's mind. Other people got screwed. I took Brandon Cooks from, from Jay. Why didn't he try to make a trade for him? He had things that I wanted. He could have made a trade for Brandon Cooks for another player straight up or something like that, and I would have maybe looked at it. But, again, it's just not – I don't think it's something that works in our league like it does in other leagues. Um, so it, it didn't enter my mind, and I I, I kind of roll with the, the hand that I'm dealt, and that's just the way it is, um, and I'll make it work. Fair enough. And if Andrew Luck plays like Andrew Luck for 14 games this year and LaShawn McCoy is the number two running back at the end of this year, it worked out well. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said before, I'm not thrilled with it, but I think it's enough to get me to the playoffs, and that's all I need to do. I make it to the playoffs. The number six team in our league has won it what? Hasn't, hasn't the number six team won it the majority of the time or something like that? You would know, Mr. Rain Man. I am actually a little ashamed I didn't know that number before I did all my draft prep, but I have forgotten that information. But I don't disagree with your point. I think you're right. The lower-seeded teams tend to win the league more than the top-seeded teams. Although, what, I was two last year? Yeah, but yeah, I think you but would acknowledge. But I was the worst league. I'm the worst league champion. I think I took that one in bit. Record-wise, record and offense-wise, I think I am. Sorry, that's going to be a topic I'm actually excited to discuss, but we're going to kick that to the post, yep. some of the post-season stuff. Okay. Um, Alex, I'm not going to ask you to take sides, but you've been very polite and quiet during the conversation. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts you just have about the conversation we're having right now? Uh, I feel Cam has very well justified his picks. I think uh, everything that he's done didn't make sense. I think I understand why he likes LeSean McCoy. Um, I mean, I even said that on the first thing. I don't, I don't think it's a dumpster fire. No. No. He did what he had to do. Um, I don't know if he's eight in the, should be eight in the power jackings to start. I think maybe he'll shoot up, but we'll see. I think I'm that low based on ESPN scoring because of my wide receivers. Um, but I think there's some, some things that can be done there. Oh, yeah. There's, it's always easy to find wide receivers in free agency, yeah. especially after the first week. Well, I think, but I think if you look at my wide receivers, they're all, they're all players who can – they're all players who have quarterbacks that throw them the ball. They're going to get targets – um, if you see at the game last night uh, between New England and Kansas City, Brandon Cooks got a lot of targets last night. Um, so I'm really happy with the potential there. Um, Javon, or, or Doug Baldwin will definitely benefit in targets with Curse being traded out of Seattle. Um, so I think that, that should be taken into account too. But granted, I think all of this happened after you made the first podcast. Am I correct? So, you, you can talk, by the way. I appreciate that was, that you was an answer. Me. That was a question to you. Um, so, I think that might have played a little bit into your rankings as well. So. Okay. That and I just think you're a bad decision maker. Anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise you the last word, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay there. Okay. So, I appreciate you doing that. So a question I have for you, Cam, and this is a topic I have brought up with you before, but in all honesty, you, sh you basically shoot me down um, in a mocking tone before we actually have an intellectual conversation. Is about this it. The, the keeper draft pick question? Yes, and, and you can you can argue it all you want, but let me at least talk about it for those yeah. who might not be yeah, familiar. Um, as you know, we keep one player. Mm -hmm. The only rule is you can't keep a player more than once. Mm -hmm. I have argued a rule that I would like to put in place is that you can keep a keeper as much as you like. You just have to give up the round pick you got him in. So, in other words, if I had kept Amari Cooper this year, it would have cost me my fourth round draft pick. Versus had I kept Derek Carr, it would have cost me my seventh round draft pick. So I think there is a strategy there, and it also rewards people who are able to find waiver wire gems like Melvin Gordon, like Jordan Howard that I had last year. Um, but it is something you have vehemently shot down 
all of the time. So I'm not asking you to be on my side, but I am going to ask you to defend the decision without just saying it's dumb. Well, first of all, it's dumb. <laughs> you just can't get that level of insight anywhere. <laughs> Secondly, no, I think it just it overly complicates things. Yes, I understand you think it would be awesome in strategy and blah, blah, blah. But I think that our draft system is pretty perfect as it is. Um, really, the only thing I would maybe change about our draft day is I would kind of like to get rid of the wide receiver slash tight end and actually move to a dedicated tight end. But again, that's a story for a different day. Your Your idea to eliminate the pick that you get for the keeper you chose and whatever round you drafted him in. It just seems to overly complicate things. Why Why would we do that? I mean, we already have enough. The draft took 15 hours this year. <laughs> why would we do that even – why would we make it even worse? And, and honestly, I can't remember where I drafted who. Like, I can remember my recent draft now – but going into next season, I'm not going to remember that I drafted, you know, Doug Baldwin in the third round. Did I even do that? Uh, this year you drafted Doug Baldwin in the third round. All right, there we go. See? So it's too much work. I think I think if you took a vote of the rest of our league, it would be shot down maybe 8-2. to two. I think I got three as my top support through the year. So, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, so I just think it, it. I just think it overly complicates things needlessly. Um, so um, I also agree with Ken. It sounds dumb. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that just gives people who picked like some rando in the sixteenth round some huge advantage going into the next year. I mean, yeah, huge advantage. Yeah, going into the draft. I mean. I don't even like keeper system now, but that's because I'm not good at this. I think the past four years I've kept someone that hasn't even been in the top ten in their position. Yeah. So Because uh, I'm that talented. And, and you're right. I think that it allows people like Steve Janke to say, I'm going to keep my 16th round pick every single year. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it's just it's stupid. Mm -hmm. And it's dumb. Especially and you should feel bad about, bad about yourself. And how often don't people pick up a free agency and they're like turn out to be one of the best after the first week? So everyone's just gonna pick keep where they kept mm -hmm. the free agency. Mm -hmm. I mean, I suppose it would make sense. Maybe there'd be better players left available in the first and second round compared to previous. Keepers, I see. I don't think it's enough to swing a difference. I don't think we keep enough people. No. I could see if we kept like I I had played in with my brother in law a three keeper league. I could see it making more sense there. Like if you're keeping three players and you want to keep, you know, you've got three top players or something, you want to keep the best one, it then would open up more people to draft um, as opposed to automatically eliminating 30 players, you're still keeping 20. Um, so, but not with one keeper. Also, it's dumb. It's dumb. Rewarding teams that make good decisions is dumb. I am definitely doing this broadcast with two Democrats. No, it has nothing to do with it. Don't even go You're there. trying to keep the good teams, keep them being good, Steve. You're trying to tear the rest of us down. The parody is there. Mm -hmm. Our league is. Our league has a lot of parody in it. So it would keep, I think, the parody there. Okay. You just are looking to disenfranchise. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think as is the norm, we agree to disagree. Yep. You ready for some questions? Oh, you, you taking like requests? Well, I've got some questions here from our audience. Oh, okay. And then uh, I want us, if it's okay, I think let's all take some time to kind of project out what we think the season's going to look all right. like. Okay. okay. All right. So, question comes from our commissioner. What is your favorite and least favorite pick in this year's draft? Oh, man. Um, Can least favorite be everything Steve did? Yes. My least favorite pick is Steve's team. Mm -hmm. No, my least favorite pick is the Le'Veon Bell pick because it totally 
took a dump on me. But um, so yeah, Le'Veon Bell is my least favorite pick, but only because it made me mad. Um, my favorite pick. Does it have to be a single singular pick? Because I really like what Alex did with the okay. wide receivers. Um, I think Alex has the strongest team overall based on his wide receivers, and his quarterback combination has a huge ceiling. Um, I would I would say, yeah, I'm going to go Alex's wide receivers. I know that's kind of a, a lame on the fence question. Well, I think it's something I was big on too. He's got three top ten receivers. Three top ten receivers and two high scoring quarterbacks. Yep. Four and five in our league last year, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. <laughs> if it's the worst one, that's okay. But um do you agree with some analysis I had in the first show that I thought Gordy really made some poor decisions going with Cooper and Gronk when he could have had <laughs> Yes. I'm sorry, Gordy, but every every single do not draft list I saw had Ron, had Gronkowski number one as do not draft. And as evidenced by the game last night, the dude looks like a walking dead member. He looks like a zombie out there. He blocked pretty well. <laughs> if only we could get <laughs> pancake block points. Okay, well, I mean, we'll bring it up next year. Maybe he'll come back in the league then. That would be awesome. If we could draft offensive linemen. I'm down. Can we well, do that? Well, I'd, sounds like a conversation for the postseason. Remind me at the end of this show, there is there is something I've seen. Okay, but go on. Oh, I, I like this question. It's going to – one of the reasons I personally was excited to do this interview is uh, I think you and Alex are both hilarious. So I, okay. I've just been getting entertained here. Um, back round, which I don't know if we talked about last week, Alex, one of the cool things that we have put into place this year that we are having now the team that wins the championship gets to name the 10th place team. So next year at the, that team will have to keep the name. The winner gives them all year long and the logo. Mm-hmm. Cam, had we had this option this year, what would you have named Bobby's team? Oh man. See, this is kind of hard to do with trying to keep it non-explicit mm-hmm. as evidenced by what I've named the league. Um, yeah. It would probably be something similar to that. Um, it probably would have been something Rafi related um, as well. Um, I, I don't think I can say it on the air if you want to keep your explicit rating clean. What might it rhyme with? Let me let me come back to that one. I gotta think on that one. Okay, that's fair enough. And <clears throat> this is a quoted question from our commissioner. Ask Cam if he regrets choking after hearing your first pick. I didn't choke, but that may have been what caused me to be sick for the last three weeks. Um, did you send that message? Did you send in that question, Steve? I did not, and I'm showing you my verified Twitter account. Wow. Yeah, okay. Let me see it. Thank you, Kamish. Everyone's hating on you, Cam. All right, now he's just looking at the rest of the questions to get a heads up. No, I was reading Lucas's thread. Um, I, I don't think I choked on that pick. I mean, we went over that, by the way. I mean... I'm sorry. He can have fun with his team. I don't think he's going to destroy me. He's only projected to beat me by, what, 10 points? And that's if his team does what it's supposed to. But anyways, go on. Well, our kind commissioner has offered apologies for what he believes is going to be the beatdown he throws on you this week. Any any response to that? Okay, well. He is a two-time champion, 2010 and 2011. If by beatdown he's projected to beat me by seven points. I'm sorry, 6.8 points. Oh, wow, what a spanking. He can have fun with Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback. <laughs> and if Jordan Reed makes it a full season, again, have fun with that. One of the things that I always thought would slow you down in this league and has not, that I can imagine, 
is that our father, your father-in-law, pardon me, is in this league. Mm -hmm. You are married to his daughter. Yes, I am. Do you have any regrets with some of the names you have given through the years with your father-in-law being in our league? No. <laughs> Would you have gone even further off tilt had our father, your father-in-law not been in our league? I don't know how I can based on this team, based on this league name. All right, I think that is the question. Those are the questions that I've got for right now. Um, Alex, any questions that we haven't had a chance? Also, one more time, tell Lucas next time he makes the playoffs, then he can brag. Ooh, he's throwing shade. Okay. Sorry, did you have any questions for Cam that we haven't a chance, <laughs> no. a chance to poke at? No, I think he's done a great job. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. I think we've asked every question so far that I can think of. I mean, yeah. All right, so let's talk about this year. We have talked. You think that Alex has a pretty good team. You would rank him higher. You I think do. that you probably are closer to the sixth range. We agree. I, I have earned my 10th place. Who are the teams you are thinking most likely to make the playoffs? And then we'll talk about who we think wins from there. Mm -hmm. I think I can do it this year. I think I can do it. I think you can do it. Okay. I think Kelly's can do it. Mr. Moore and Lucas. I like all those teams. So the three people in this room, Kelly, Lucas, and Mr. Moore. Yeah. Okay. I think those are the six I'm going to go for. Well, pressure's on Kelly. I believe she is currently tied for the longest playoff streak in our league, uh, but she's got an active streak that she could uh, set the record this year. So Really? How many times in the playoffs? Six in a row. Wow. Impressive. How many title games has she been to? One or two. Nice. It's at least one. At least one. That would have been the one last year. So my prediction would be Alex. I'm trying to seed these as I go. Mm -hmm. So Alex, number one. I like Bobby's team. Um, that you were not disappointed with that dumpster fire he's got at wide receiver. Well, no, not really. He's got Jordy Nelson. He's got Crowder with Cousins throwing him the ball. Again, Larry Fitzgerald is 863 years old, mm -hmm. but the dude somehow still plays well enough to get him points. Um, the only thing is that I think if – I think Rivers has to play well because I don't think Winston will be good enough to get him there. And I'm not sure Mixon's going to be the good running back of the rookie class. I think he's he's got four other running backs that he's going to share time with. Um, yeah, it's a big pile of second-rounders. Yeah. So but I do like the rest of his team. Okay. Um so that's Alex and Bobby, and um, you will probably make the playoffs, unfortunately. Um, not sure about – Gurley with Bid's team really kind of is an up or down pick. Gurley – I've had Gurley before, and he just sucked. Um so I don't know. I would I would probably put Lucas there, um, and I will put Dad because he'll work some sort of waiver wire magic to get in, and then me is the last seed. Okay. So I think you guys the only disagreement is you have Bobby in. Does that even work though? Because I didn't look at divisions. I didn't either. Yeah, I mean but basically okay. in theory five teams from one division can get in, and that almost happened last year. So. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't even think Tim needs to cobble something together. I think if you start with David Johnson and Drew Brees. No, I agree with you. What I'm saying is he'll make the magic happen when it needs to happen. Gotcha. If, so he'll sit there. He'll wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday morning and pick up the best guy before any of us get to, get a chance to look at it. I mean, he's, he, that's where he really goes to work is, is through the waiver wire. Um, 
and he, I think he does it better than anyone else in our league. Yeah, I think that I was telling Alex in the last episode, if there is, regardless of what the roster is in a given year, if there's one guy I'm like, I don't want to have to face when it matters the most, it's it's Tim. That just, yeah. Oh, I agree. Alex? Oh, yeah. Well, Cam for most part. I was going to say, but he doesn't want to play, play I don't want to play Cam, no. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you, like 2-15 against me? Yeah, probably like that. I don't know. Steve should know. Take out your binder. You have it? I think you guys split last year, though. I think you finally got one. Oh, I finally got one. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, one of the things I have looked at is a historic how everybody does playing somebody else. And Alex has uh, had a very poor record against Cam, compounded by the fact that I think you actually won the first two or three times you played him and then basically lost 17 out of 18 after that. <laughs> Impressive. Well, that's a fun game, so I want to play here real quick. So if I think about it in draft order, uh, my team's a mess. I'm not going to make the playoffs. I think you get in. I think there's enough there. I don't think Jason gets in. I don't think there's a whole lot surrounding Aaron Rodgers. I'm always thinking Tim is going to be a one seed. Uh, Matt, I'm actually drawing a blank on his team, but Brady, uh, I'm going to say no. What, what Brady did last night, I'm wondering if the wheels are starting to come off. I think Kelly's in. I think Lucas is in. I think that Bobby is in. Gordy's out, and I'm missing a team. Who am I not thinking of? You? No, I said I was going to be out. Oh. Shoot, run one more time. Going by draft order. I'm not in. I think you, Cam, are going to be in. Jay. Jay had the three pick. He's not going to be in. Tim with the four pick is in. Matt with the five pick. I don't think he's going to get in. You with six pick is going to get in, and I think that's why I'm missing. I think Kelly at seven. I think Lucas at eight. I do not think Gordy at nine, and I think Tim at ten. So I think Bobby at ten. Bobby at ten. Sorry. So I think we're pretty consistent with uh, what we think is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's call it out. League champion 2018. Or 20, yeah. It will be 2018 when it happens. Yes. Yeah. Call it. I'm going to say. Alex, I think you're going to slip on a banana peel just because that's just. That's just how it goes. That's just the Alex mode. That's just how it goes, yeah. And I think it's going to be Lucas and Alex for the title. And I think Lucas takes home his third championship. That is a. That's a there's a lot of pieces there that I like, minus Russell Wilson. Okay. Hmm. I'll put Alex in the title game. I'm going to go Alex and Dad. That's a good one. And I think Dad's going to do it. Because I think, again, like you said, Alex is going to have something. <laughs> and it's not, a, it's not a point on you. It's not a knock on you. I think Dad's going to just do more. He's going he's gonna to find the way to do it. Um, and he, like you said, he's got the very strong foundation already mm -hmm. that he, he'll find those diamonds in the rough to, to put him over the top. Yeah, I think a I, agree, I, I can see that happening. And, and I, you will have a championship in the future. You're too good historically. But I think you're going to – Unless you play me. Unless I play him. But I think it's going to happen like it did with you. You had a lot of really strong teams through the years that didn't make it. And I think you would agree that that wasn't your strongest team ever that won the title last oh. year. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was historically one of the worst teams to win a championship. So you're, you're going to have something. New York Giants winning the, the Super Bowl. Yes. Eli Manning, also known as the Jason of our league. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be something like, uh, if you guys probably don't remember, but Matt and I had the most epically terrible first-round matchup. Everybody's players were getting injured. I won like 80 to 67 in a league where the average score is 110. So I think you're going to win some game like 59 to 56. Okay. I won't go in front of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. All right. So one vote for Lucas, one the commissioner, one vote for uh, our elder statesman, Mr. Moore. So we're both going with a three-time champion for the first time this year. And your vote. Uh, I'm Kelly versus me. Kelly versus me. I'm sticking you. to it. I already called it. And I think Kelly's going to win. All right. Well, that would be great. Then she would be uh, – the reason I didn't go with Kelly is that she's gonna she's the Ruxin of our group. She will stinker tinker that team until <laughs> she until she overthinks everything. Collusion. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it was a terrible show though, that I can't win the title. I think that that's what I'm proud of. You will 
Second place. I'm, I'm cool with that. We can all agree that you will choke under pressure. Okay. I'm okay with that. But no, I can I make... think – no, but I, if, if it ends up being you versus Kelly, like I said, I think you'll, I think you'll win. But... Well, okay. We'll have to see. I believe in Kelly. Good player. And I, credit where credit's due, she actually won the last championship before we became this incarnation of the league. Oh, I mean, still, it's just her and I, right? That's like saying, it's like she's saying she's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they she won, won the championship world championship before there were Super Bowls. Before it was Super Bowl, yeah, they did. Back in the 50s. <laughs> hey, she gets to smooch Lucas at the end of the night. She's doing all right. All right, well, Cam, thank you very much for being on the show. Any last questions or comments? Nope. Nope. Right. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Alex, anything for you? Nope. Thanks for coming on. I love you. Love you too. And we are back. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly hope that Cam and Alex are able to work out their differences. And we are going to go ahead and move on to this week's Power Jankings. First, I'm going to start out by reminding you all where we were last week, talk about the Week 1 results, and where it puts us now. So, just a reminder, last week, number 10, we had myself, the Rainmakers, Number nine, we have the 2015 league champion, Gordy, his team, Blue Angels, Go Navy. And at number eight, the subject of our interview, and the 2016 league champion, Cam, with his squad of two, excuse me, $7 worth of Hoobastank. And at number seven, Mrs. Commissioner, Kelly, and her team of Victorious Secrets. And at number six, my good friend, Matt the very first league champion, and his team. This aired in 2009, people. Into the top five, number five, my partner in crime, my brother, also known as Alex, and his team, the Injured Reserves. That was my cat in the background. She's apparently hungry. In at number four, league commissioner and 2010-2011 champion Lucas and his team, Bobham Van. In at number three, the 2012 champ, Bobby and his guys, the Rafi Bombs. In at number two, Jason and his team, Ant Bee's Pie and Custard Emporium. And the number one team, two-time league champion back in 2007, 2008. And the team you heard that we were all most dreading having to face on a weekly basis, and my opponent this week. Tim and the Minions. So let's talk about what happened in week one, and then we'll move into our updated rankings. So our matchup of the week, if you remember, was the number one team, American Minions, versus number two, Ant B's Pie and Custard Emporium. This was actually the closest match of the week. The Minions lost to Jason and Ant B's Pie and Custard Emporium. 108 to 105, and I've got an opinion on that that I'm going to share in a little bit. Number three, Rafi Bombs beat Matt, and this aired in 2009. This is the only match that the Jenkins successfully predicted. Everything else was a miss. Number four, Lucas lost to number seven, excuse me, number four, Lucas lost to number eight, Cam. Number five, Alex lost to Kelly, her team Victoria's Secrets. And we rounded out with Gordy and the Blue Angels losing to me, the Rainmakers. So let's talk about our new ratings, and I will just touch briefly on what I am seeing from these teams after week one and a few observations after the waiver wire pickups, which I guess are the one bonus of a delay podcast this week. So here we go. The new number 10, falling four spots from its previous six, Matt. Going to give Matt some grace here. A lot of bad luck. Uh, He, more than anybody in the league, was affected by the buys that took Miami and Tampa Bay off of the week one schedule. He lost Jay Ajayi and Mike Evans. Also, 
Allen Robinson hurt his knee on the first catch on his first catch of the game. So not a thing, not a lot of things went right. Um, most of those though are going to sort itself out because he's got a Jai and Evans coming back. He can find a replacement for Robinson. Uh, question I really would have liked. And I'm going to pause. Matt, I'd love to get you to answer this question. Either come on the show or send a note to us. 1 through 10, how scared are you about Tom Brady having a clunker of a performance? Is it just a good a good Chiefs defense, an off night, or is a quarterback being 40 what a being a 30 is to a running back? Would love to get your opinion on that. All right, let's move on. Number nine, the guy that I predicted to win the league championship falls from number four, and that is Lucas and Bobham Van. And I'm going to pause, going to go back to Matt real quick. I wanted to acknowledge a waiver wire pickup that I think is going to be great for his team. I think Zach Ertz is a nice stabilizing force on that receiving core, which is a bit boom bust with DeAndre Hopkins and the now injured Allen Robinson. So I think that's going to work well for him. Now again, back to Lucas, uh, who was 0-1 after his loss in Week 1. Actually had the second lowest score of the week. I really don't want to play I told you so because I'm banking on this guy to win the championship. But Russell Wilson was on Sunday what I think he's going to be half the year. A guy who put up 15 points. And in our league, that made him the 26th rated quarterback. You don't win titles with that. Beyond that, uh, I don't think it was a case that the rest of his guys were terrible. It was a case of they were okay, and I don't believe anybody got in the end zone, and that's that's going to be a potent punch for you when your quarterback's not doing great things and your wide receivers and running backs are just kind of chugging along. Major add-on this week for Lucas was he brought on Tariq Cohen. I will be curious to see what he does with Cohen. I watched a lot of that Bears game, and I'm not a fan of the gimmick scat running back. was never a Darren Sproles guy, so I'm not a Tariq Cohen guy, but you can't argue with the points that he produced. So let's see what he winds up, winds up doing with that. In at number eight, um, actually up a spot from his number nine last week, Gordy and the Blue Angels go Navy. And apparently my new habit is I'm going to go make one last comment about the previous team. Um, also want to acknowledge that Lucas was in the one-down position of not having Odell Beckham, so that also hurt his cause. And now we'll go to Gordy. Gordy was also hurt by the unexpected buy. Uh, he lost Jarvis Landry. He also made what I thought was a smart decision to sit Keenan Allen against Denver. Uh, personally, I think minus the what I think are the nine or ten top-tier receivers in the league, you're going to bench most everyone else against Denver. So I think he made the best decision he can there. Um, I am going to uh, toot, toot my own horn here. Uh, Cooper and Gronk did not pan out, at least in game one. Gronk, four, four and a half points. I don't know what the number was, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, I watched a lot of the Raiders game. And if you are a fan of Amari Cooper, I think you love the fact that he got the first four red zone targets from Derek Carr. I think you don't love the fact that he only caught one of them, and three of them were consecutive. So first and goal, second and goal, third and goal on the same drive all went to Cooper, and he caught none of them. I think that's all that I have got on uh, Gordy's team. Not a fan, but we'll uh, defer to the fact that he's got a more recent title than I do. In at number seven, Alex uh, falling two spots from his previous spot at number five. He guessed wrong at quarterback. Kirk Cousins put up 18.5 points, which made him quarterback 18 in our league. Um, Matt Stafford, I believe, had 45, so... That would have been a big difference if he would have made that decision differently, but I don't think with the matchups he made the wrong choice. It just went the wrong way. 
Unfortunately, the strength of Alex's team did not do him any favors. Uh, his three top-tier wide receivers averaged three catches and excuse me, three catches for 55 yards and no touchdowns. Not going to win a lot of games like that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, 18 carries, 76 yards, so it was a good appearance, but without any touchdowns, it's not a spectacular um, return of what you would need out of a number one running back, which he's going to have to be because his other two highly drafted running backs of Amir, Amir Abdullah and Adrian Peterson combined for 48 yards on 21 carries. Math majors, that is about 2.3 yards a carry, and that is not going to do you well. Love the addition of Danny Amendola. If we just accept that maybe Alex doesn't have a lot of running back options, then I think Amendola is going to get hurt quickly when he plays like he did in the first game, but when he's on the field, he's going to give you points like he did in game one, I believe. He finished with six catches for around 100 yards. So I think that is going to be a nice pickup for Alex. All right. Number six, a mighty tumble for a good team. The Minions fall from one all the way down to six. Again, they lost their game 108-105. I'm going to talk about this game a little more when I get to the team he played further up the road, that being Jason and Antby's Custard Pie and Custard Emporium. But focusing specifically on this team, this is the guy affected by the David Johnson loss. Nothing you are going to do is going to take the pain away from that. But Tim is good at this, and like Cam pointed out in our interview, he knows how to do some waiver wire hunting. Draft-wise, he picked Leonard Fournette, who I don't think he was planning to be his number one running back this year, but if game one is any indicator, we might be okay there. Also, picked up Adam Thielen, um, looking like a real good choice right now. I think I'm a little more bullish on the Vikings offense than most people, and that's okay, but at least through one week, um, that's looking good. Also, Kenny Galladay. I uh, Kenny Galladay. I don't think is going to be a top ten receiver at the end of the year, but I think he can be a good receiver, a good bye week fill in, and I think Tim is uh, sitting pretty well there. Now we are into the top half of the bracket, and these are all teams that won in week one, starting with Team Five, Kelly and Victoria's Secret, up two spots from their previous uh, number seven. Main thing I want to acknowledge is we spent a lot of time talking about how Lucas and Alex had the best wide receiver groups, but at least through the first week, this honor actually goes to Kelly. Uh, her threesome of Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffries, and Antonio Brown, between the three of them, averaged eight catches for 109 yards. And that was without any touchdowns. Imagine if they start getting in the end zone. Not to mention Pierre Garçon on the bench, six carries, six catches for 81 yards. Uh, this might be the best group when it's all said and done. Number four, uh, yours truly, the Rainmakers shoot up from 10 to 4. I am not going to do a lot of bragging right now, and I'm going to tell you why. As we have discussed, I do a lot of draft prep work and getting ready for this thing. And I won not because of the draft prep work I did. If you take a quick look at my first four rounds, Jordan Howard, my keeper pick, is now in a timeshare. Uh, only saving grace was a touchdown he got. My first round pick, Le'Veon Bell, had his worst outing as a pro, five and a half points. I can hear the comments from here. Um... And then my top two wide receivers that I picked, Demarius Thomas and Michael Crabtree, are currently ranked 21st and 31st at the wide receiver position. So I would say we went 0 for 4 on week 1. Maybe 1 for 4 if we give Jordan Howard a little bit of a credit because he is wide receiver or running back 13 right now. But it's not great. But here's what we learned about fantasy football. 
it is ultimately just going to be some degree of luck in streaming versus prep. I think I won my matchup off the basis of my sixth round pick, Stefan Diggs had a great game. The kicker, Alex, mocked to me about, uh, put up 14 points, and I streamed the Rams' defense, which clearly paid off big time with two defensive touchdowns and a safety. So, woohoo! In at number three, the subject of our interview, Cam, $7 worth of snake moves up five spots from number eight. Through week one. Arguably the best one-two punch at the running back position. Right now we have got Dalvin Cook and LaShawn McCoy are both in the top ten. I believe McCoy is ranked fifth and Cook's ranked eighth. Ranked eighth, excuse me. So heck of a job there at the running back position. Um, I will say, though, Cam is a beneficiary, very similar to me, of inflated scores from his defense and kicker. I still don't like this team, and ironically, though, they are my ratings. Overall, I tend to like teams 6 through 10 more than I like most of the teams in the top five. So Cam has proved me wrong through week one, and maybe he will all season long, but uh, still not a fan. Though I don't don't appreciate the things Alex said about you, Cam. I, I am sorry about that. We'll try to be a little more professional next time. All right, the only team that held its spot, Jason, with Aunt B's Custard and Pie Emporium. I was actually disappointed in this match between Tim and Jason, and I'll tell you why. Um, the thing you wouldn't know if you weren't watching is part of our league, and I'll be curious if uh, my league mates think the same. Jason won this match 108-105. Going into the Monday night game, Tim had two IDP spots uh, left open because he wanted to roster skill set players. And Jason had a starting linebacker in Vontez Burfacet, and I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize, sir, in his starting linebacker spot who suspended for the first three games. So both guys decided not to play a full roster both scrambled, or excuse me, one scrambled on Monday night to fill a spot, and the other was locked out because Vontez had already played, his team had played Sunday, so Jason couldn't take him out. Both teams could have lost this game, and I just don't think you can, I think it's a bad decision. You can't afford losses because in our league, I think there's a, a premium on winning your division where you get a first-round buy. So my own two cents on that, but you know what? Between the two of them, they have four titles, so maybe I have to honor that. The number one team, up two spots from number three, Bobby and the Rafi Bombs. Uh, this is actually probably the team in the top five that I like the most. I would say that I hate his bench. I, I think there's nothing there, but I think his starters are... Fantastic. His two top-tier running backs played like it. Jordy Nelson played like a number one wide receiver. Fitz played like the guy you want to be your number three wide receiver. And you know what? Jameson Crowder didn't deliver, but I think that the addition of Cooper Cup rolling into that number two spot for him, I think it's worth trying. There's enough strength around that team that he's got time to tweak the bench and find a reliable number two, or maybe it is Cooper Cup. So those are your updated power jankings. And like I said, I went one and four. My projections, uh, just a reminder, how this works is there will be five matchups this week, and in theory, the team that I have ranked higher is the team that I would project to win. So I went 1-4, and four, the only matchup I got right being Bobby beating Matt. And ESPN, those jerks, went 4-1. and one. And I actually want to give them a little bit of credit. They predicted that our closest match of the week, Tim versus Jason, wound up being our closest match of the week. 
So let me run you through what our week two matchups are going to be, and then I will end with what is the uh, jank up or the matchup of the week, but you will hear me refer to it as the jank up because I like to make things out of my last name. So we have this week number six, American Minions versus number four, the Rainmakers. We have number seven, the Injured Reserves versus number one, the Rafi Bombs. Number 10, this aired in 2009, people, going up against number 9, Bobham Van. So second week in a row, numbers 9 and 10 are facing off. Number 2, Ant B's Custard and Pie Emporium versus number 8, Blue Angels. Go Navy! And our jank-up of the week, matchup of the week, is number 3, Cameron, $7 worth of Hoobastank versus number... Sorry, Kelly. Uh, number five, Victorious Secret. So we'll see how the Jenkins do. And just to let you know, ESPN is pro projecting that I will beat Tim by 10 points. Bobby will beat Alex by three. That Jason will beat Gordy by two. Lucas beats Matt by a little over a point, And Kelly beats Cameron by about eight, so we will see what happens there. Just going to wrap up um, with a few final pieces. Matt, if you want to shoot me an answer to that question, I would love it. One through ten, how concerned are you about Tom Brady? Uh, Kelly, I owe you an apology. You had asked me previously if you sent us an audio file talking about your decision to play draft Matt Ryan, would we play it? Yes, we will. So if you can get that to me, I will play it for us. I will figure out a way to make that work. And lastly, one of the, uh, oh, I guess just lastly, any comments or questions, as always, you can find me at chubby13, at chubbythunder13 on Twitter or email us at 5TDs, F-I-V-E, TDs, T-D-S, at yahoo.com. Last bit of information is I want to try to find a way to make sure people are learning more about the different members in our league, whether you are one of our members or you are just listening for the pure chuckles of it. So if there is any one member, I'm sorry, I'm going to try to spotlight one person next week, talk a little bit about them as a person and their fantasy performance over the first 11 years in the league. So whoever I hear about you guys having an interest in, that's who we're going to talk about. Hope to have Alex back next week. And the floor is always open. Anyone in the league, if you want to be on, you send me a note and we will uh, make it happen. And Bobby is the current number one seed. If you have that, if you have an interest in that, you let me know and we'll coordinate something. I'm still working on a catchphrase. But for now, have fun and don't do the meth. It's bad for you. Take care, guys.